Don't Punt to Geo, App State, and Week 4 version. If you've been looking for me and Jacob details of the weight game, two questions. One, why? And two, it is absolutely my fault. That's not really a question. Luckily, Tanya and Brandon have been doing a great job picking up the slack for me and making things a little what information on this same feed. Speaking of this feed, go ahead, click subscribe on your podcast choice. And I will read it on the air. It's a great way to immerse yourself into the culture of this soon-to-be award-winning podcast feed. That's not what we're here to talk about today. Like I said, it is App State Week. It is week four. I've got Jake Lawrence joining me. He is somewhere on top of a parking lot in what I can only assume is like a Breaking Bad Season 4 situation after Gus Fring's head gets blown off. Jake, how's it going? Hey, Chad. How you doing? Appreciate that introduction. Uh, service can be difficult to find sometimes in southeastern Arizona. So I think we got it worked out now. That's a beautiful thing. It uh, only took us about 20 minutes to connect just uh, for those who are playing inside baseball at home. But, Jake, the heels are coming off a tough loss to Wake where, you know, apparently the messaging is that – they did not have their heads in the game. They weren't ready to play. How does a team adjust to that and come back ready to play against another team that, you know, they're going to perceive to be a little less talented than them? Uh, I think one coming off a loss and, and knowing that they let one slip through their fingers uh, will help mentally recalibrate. Uh, and the other thing, too, is they're going to be at home against an in-state opponent, and uh, it's going to be a rocket atmosphere again. I think the student tickets – Went in less than 30 minutes. Uh, it's one of the highest-priced games in the country this week uh, on the resale market. So I don't think being mentally ready is going to be a problem for App State uh, or a problem for North Carolina heading into App State. Uh, losing, losing to an in-state opponent on the road uh, in, the, in the manner that they did, uh, they'll, they'll come out probably uh, as, as ready to play, if not more so than they were against South Carolina and Miami. Yeah, and I don't really need them to come out, you know, super amped or super jacked or whatever. I just need them to come out focused because, I mean, really you're looking at three first halves where with the exception of the first quarter of the Miami game, there have been kind of fits and starts in this team's uh, effort and intensity. And I think a lot of that's, you know, young team, new coaching staff. But I'm, you know, and taking a step back, it's a little bit greedy to be asking for this after three games, but I'm, I'm just looking for uh, Carolina to get a little more consistent. I think that could start with getting some injured guys back. Um, what's the latest on Jason Strobridge, Carl Tucker, Jordan Tucker, all those guys? Yeah, so uh, my my understanding is that Strobridge is, is, should, be able to be, should be able to play. He's more of a game-time decision last week, uh, and with another week off, uh, he'll, he'll be good to go. Uh, the I think Carl Tuck, Carl Tucker is questionable. Uh, Antoine Green was not listed this week, so hopefully whatever groin or hamstring issue he had, uh, he'll be set. Uh, and then Tucker, I think, was questionable as well. So still looking at some holes there, uh, especially along the offensive line and, and key blocking situations. Uh, so it's they're, they're not 100% healthy right now, but uh, with, with an extra week to work through that as opposed to losing in the middle of the game, uh, I think that uh, those will be able to be patched up well enough to get through. Yeah, uh, Josh Azudu very well on field level against Wake Forest. Uh, he graded out highest on pro football focus among the offensive linemen. So I'm not terribly, terribly worried about Tucker. I, I mean, at a certain point, you worry about the depth. And Strobridge was on the sidelines. I mean, you know, if he was, if was, his ankle yeah, was, was bothering him, you, 
Yeah, he, he was in pads. He was walking around. I think he could have played if absolutely necessary, but they just decided to hold him out in what was ultimately, I think you and I discussed it last week, a non-conference game that's not really going to have any effect on the outcome of UNC's season. So, yeah, I mean, let's just kind of go into it. When App State has the ball, uh, what, what do you expect from the Mountaineers under Eli Drinkwitz, uh, former NC State offensive coordinator? Uh, yeah, App State's going to try to run the ball, then run the ball again, and then run the ball some more. Um, I believe, I think Brandon had a breakdown for three things to watch this week, uh, and I believe they, they said App State actually has more rushing yards than they do passing yards at this point. Uh, the the difficult thing, though, is that they've they played two games where they could run the ball nonstop. Uh, against Charlotte and I think East Tennessee was the other opponent. Yep. So uh, they, they've not they've not been challenged uh, in the manner with the, with the type of talent that North Carolina is going to have. So I think making them throw the ball is an interesting development to watch for because they clearly want to run uh, and they can run. Um, and I think that's what you're going to be looking for when they have the ball. They're going to try to they're going to try to maintain that consistency uh, on the ground. Uh, and I don't know what their passing game is like or if they have the ability to to really open it up. Well, two two things on that. Uh, one, my favorite stat in college football right now is that their running back, Darrington Evans, who wears number three, has 33 carries for 333 yards and three touchdowns, and both games were played 3,333 feet above sea level. I saw that on Reddit <laughs> last week. Yeah, that's I mean, the stat. That's like some. That's almost like some like some magician stuff going on there. So yeah, I was going to uh, say that. Yeah, that's like some Illuminati type stuff. Um, there we go. There you go. Uh, two, Zach Thomas, who ran for 500 yards and 10 touchdowns last year out of the quarterback spot, has been in the pocket a lot more. I don't know if it's Drinkwitz going a little bit more vanilla in two weeks where he could afford to do that. But um, Thomas only has like 36 rushing yards for the first two weeks. And, you know, I, I hope that's by design because if you can take away – an additional element of their offense, uh, that's going to bode well for the heels. And third thing, they do get back Corey Sutton. Um, Kansas State transfer was uh, all Sunbelt Conference last year, kind of a big play threat, kind of physically similar to, I was about to say Chaz, uh, Sage Surratt, which worries you a little bit. But um, yeah, those are my three things on the Appalachian State offense. Good offensive line. They'll score some points on Saturday. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to it? Um, if, if you get Strobridge back, if they can get in that, if they can get that backfield and disrupt. It's one thing that it's good to know their quarterback can run, but if that's not been part of the of the play design this year uh, under the new OC or under the new head coach, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's something that he just breaks down naturally, or if they've just been holding back uh, and waiting to to use that uh, when necessary. You know, kind of in case of emergency break glass situation. Um, you, you mentioned the App State offensive line. I'm interested to see how the North Carolina defensive line front seven responds to effectively kind of getting manhandled a little bit last week. Um, and they were kind of pushed around in the trenches. And part of that was because of strawberries and part of that was Wake Forest is very well coached. Uh, and I'm curious to see what, what a Sunbelt offensive line can do to uh, Jay Bateman's scheme. Yeah. And you have two returners that were all Sunbelt last year, four returning stars on the offensive line overall. I think you do make a good point. Um, just about Taylor and what uh, Drinkwitz is trying to do. He's never really had a guy who you would classify as a dual threat quarterback. I mean, his three years at state, he had Ryan Finley, even going back to Boise, you know, he was more of a pocket style guy. So 
my hope is that he's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and that costs the Mountaineers on Saturday. Uh, should we flip uh, it to the offensive agreed. side of the ball? Yeah. Hey. Um, I'm going to say this in six words, and then I will let you uh, cook. Ted Roof is their defensive coordinator. Uh, with Ted Roof being their defensive coordinator, uh, I would not – I would put the over-under for North Carolina's offense at, like, 35. Like, look, that may seem out of this world, and especially from what we've seen from a consistency standpoint. Um, Ted Roof is not – he doesn't scare me. He just doesn't scare me. Uh, and I think I think it's it's something insane. Like he's only won like four games in his entire career on a staff against North Carolina. Like it's it's something insane. Um, so uh, let a, let somehow cook. Let the running backs cook, and let's just have some fun with this. Because I, I mean, they just gave up forty four points to Charlotte of all teams. I think right. Like it yeah. was something insane like that. It's fifty six forty one. I mean, good lord, man! Like this this should be a track meet for North Carolina's offense. And if it is not, then that is when we need to start putting up some, some red flags and some, and some warning sirens if they cannot go off on this defense. Yeah. Um, we sang a similar tune before the Wake game last week. I don't think uh, you are quite as confident in that proposition, but at least Wake, you know, they're, they're recruiting to a P5 level, at, albeit a small one. Uh, this is a Sunbelt team. You, you've got to be able to move the ball both – uh, on the ground and through the air, I would say it starts with the ground. I mean, Charlotte put up explosive plays and easily over 250 yards rushing against uh, the Mountaineers last week or two weeks ago. So I'm looking at this from a standpoint of just like last week, what we said, Carolina needs to come out and, and impose their will on the ground. They did not do that last week. Uh, but hey, you know, t- tomorrow or Saturday's a new day. Yeah, and, and part of that conversation with Wake last week, too, was we had seen some things through North Carolina in the first two games, and we thought if they can just put it together, mm-hmm. um, then they can really go off. And they'd never quite put it together. And part of that was due to Wake, and part of that was due to some depth issues for North Carolina, and some of that was play calling. So there's a whole host of reasons, and you are what you are at some point. Um, and I'm, I don't know if we have really seen what North Carolina is yet. Uh, and if they come out of this game with another subpar offensive performance, I think we're going to know what North Carolina is. Um, and I think that that's something uh, that's something to watch. Uh, part of the other issue last week too was that um, we didn't know what Wake's defense really was because of who they had played. Full well knowing that they've won three bowl games in the past three years, and that they do have some talent there. Uh, sorry, not sorry, but the Sun Belt isn't a P5 conference, and no matter how well App State plays uh, P5 teams, look, they haven't beaten a P5 team since Michigan in 2007, I believe. I think that's when that game was. So. Yeah, they play them close. They are a threat. They need to be taken seriously, but we don't need to kid ourselves here. You know, this is not a team that should realistically threaten, no matter how great they are at the lower uh, FBS level. Uh, and so if North Carolina struggles against this defense, uh, and they cannot get something consistent going, and I agree with you, it starts on the ground, and it starts on finding some sort of consistency and getting out of third and long situations. Um, if they can't do that, then I think it's time to recalibrate and figure out how good can this offense really be this year um, versus some of the excitement that we had after the first two weeks uh, with those fourth quarter comebacks when we saw what it can do. Yeah, I think our expectations were definitely a little bit skewed positively after the first two weeks. Uh, they came crashing down to earth probably midway through the second quarter is when I kind of lost faith last week. But 
you know, they did put together another fourth quarter, but just come out of the shell a little earlier. Um, I'm looking at the Charlotte at box score now, and I really hate to draw transitives after we harped on the Utah State game last week. But Charlotte quarterback Chris Reynolds was 20 of 31 for 296 yards, nine and a half yards per pass, four touchdowns a pick. They ran the ball for 5.8 yards and 230 total. That's Charlotte, man. And Phil Longo, you know, he has had his Ole Miss offense in the top 10 in the country last two years. You, you, you just, I, I hate to just sound like I'm talking down to a man who makes over a million dollars to do this, but I mean, the Heels just need to put up yards and points, man. Yeah, they do. And I mean, look, here's the deal. You're still talking about a lot of new parts, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of early injuries that that probably force some some changes in the game that uh, you know they the coaching staff needs to adjust to a little bit better. Um, and there are there are obviously reasons for for issues. And we also have to be careful not to get greedy here, knowing that everybody's in their first year, including the quarterback, including some of these linemen. Um, so there's some learning curves, but uh, it just comes back to I agree they they need to put up points in yards, and it has to happen this week. I get some sort of confidence going before they go into Clemson and then into the into the teeth of, of the ACC schedule. Um, you know, it's not a panic, oh my God, what's going on type of situation, but it is going to. Ha- I do think that if, if they struggle this week to put up points, you do have to recalibrate what what this team is capable of this year. Um, and you know, my my question, my my major question is, we talked about a three headed monster running back before the season, and we have seen Antonio Williams's role become less and less. Um, every week and if you're talking about two running backs and you have a third one there I don't quite know how all of this plays into it I would like to see him get some more touches uh, especially if the passing game stalls and if they uh, and if they struggle to get Carter or um, uh, Javante Williams going so you know a lot a lot of what ifs but a lot of a lot of high expectations for this week I agree with you I'd like to see them with their first possession inside 11 times for 75 yards and a touchdown just completely simplify the thing and just establish um, establish the stronger lineman against a pretty undersized App State uh, defensive line when you get right down to it. No, I was going to say, and, go, go and ahead. I was also going to say, it also, it also starts up front where, you know, Sam Howell was sacked. I think he was sacked five times last week. Jace Reuter sacked another time. Um, this mm-hmm. offensive line has given up, uh, I believe, is it 13 sacks on the year or is it 18 sacks on the year? Um, I forget the actual number, but last year they gave a lot up 10 of pressure totally. Yeah, I mean, last year they gave up ten sacks total the the entire season. So they've got to allow Sam Howell some time back there uh, to make the reads necessary as well and get them out of those uh, out of those third and long situations. And I agree, uh, an undersized defensive line, com- comparatively speaking, uh, the offensive line should have their way. And look, I mean, they were told in film sessions this week that they were they were out physical, they were not tough enough. Uh, an offensive lineman takes that to heart, uh, and this week we'll see just how how seriously they took that message in the film room. Well, how seriously are you taking this Appalachian State threat? It is time for predictions, and I don't have one yet, so I'm going to think it up right quick. Um, I'm going to say UNC, I don't know, let's go with 38-23. Um, North Carolina has kept all three opponents to 25 points or less. Uh, and I believe that if they get the round, if they get the ground game going, and they can they can keep the ball out of Appalachian State's hands, and or force them into throwing situations that they've not been forced into this year, um, I think that you can see North Carolina uh, force force a couple turnovers uh, and go ahead and exploit that uh, that advantage. 
I'm here for it. Uh, anything that has UNC on top, I'm good with. Uh, as we said in the preseason, if we're looking, I'm going to go ahead and Vegas here, call it a 42-38 shootout, and I think the heels will get dragged into that uh, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and a lot of my prediction this week is based on, like, it has to happen if we want if we want to stay on the sunny side for the rest of the year. Um, and this is an opponent that they cannot let come into into that stadium and push them around. They, they have to set the tone early, uh, and, they, and they have to pull away and, and make this a, a statement win, uh, no puns intended, um, on, a, on an opponent that they, they should not I struggle with. I see what you it. did there. <laughs> like it. Let's do it. That affirmative from Jake was the last thing you would hear from him on this podcast as we had some audio issues, um, as you probably heard through the intro and then uh, later on in the first half. So what we are going to do is go ahead and skip the break, and I'm going to just run you through week four right quick. That's going to start now. By the time you listen to this, Houston and Tulane will have played what is probably going to be a pretty interesting uh, AAC matchup on ESPN at 8 o'clock. On Friday, you have the Pac-12 South Championship, more or less, here in week four. Number 10, Utah, goes to USC. I'm picking the Utes. Um, they have looked extremely solid and exactly like the type of team that can frustrate USC and transitive win-wise. I mean, Utah went to BYU and kicked their tails. Uh, USC did not. Air Force also goes to number 20, Boise State. Uh, Boise staying in line for the G5 bid. Air Force is a little tricky. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. So good night of uh, Friday night football. As you turn it over to Saturday, you've got the classics. You've got Tennessee at Florida. You've got Cal at Ole Miss, a rivalry old as time. Uh, Cal ranked number 23 now. Uh, the big game is going to be on Fox. It is number 11, Michigan, at number 13, Wisconsin. Let's go, Scotty. Um, in the SEC, you've got Southern Miss at Bama. Bama's been complaining about the noon kickoff. Uh, number four, LSU goes to Vanderbilt for an intra-conference clash. Uh, BC goes to Rutgers. Woof. Uh, Michigan State goes to Northwestern. Also, major woof. Uh, that takes us to the 330s. Miami of Ohio goes to Ohio State. It does not feel like Ohio State ever plays anybody out of conference. The CBS game, number eight, Auburn at number 17, Texas A&M. Uh, that's a big one, guys. Um, UNC has a vested interest in Auburn losing five games and getting Gus Malzahn fired. Uh, so five-star linebacker Trenton Simpson can maybe see the light and stay in state. Uh, number 15, UCF goes to Pitt. So we get to watch probably the best team in the G5 for the third straight year play an ACC foe. Number 22, Washington goes to the BYU Cradle of Death as BYU and Hawaii, they just get to play all of the Pac-12 teams. Uh, just go ahead and expand to 14, guys. Oh, let's see here. Uh, Louisville at Florida State. That is an anxiety bowl for Willie Taggart. Uh, must win for the Seminoles. Uh, App State at UNC. That's the game you're listening to us talk about. Uh, South Carolina goes to Missouri at four on the SEC Network. West Virginia. Go Mountaineers. Beaten State last week. Uh, they go to Kansas. Um not quite as enthusiastic about Kansas beating Boston College last week, but you'll have that. You know, that should be a game between the two worst teams in the Big 12, and they beat two middle-tier teams in the ACC. So what that tells you about our conference, I don't know. Uh, into the night slate, number 16, Oregon, goes to a bad Stanford team. This just feels like the type of uh, sleepy game that Oregon overlooks. Uh, not really sure how I feel about Mario Cristobal and Justin Herbert just yet, but they could prove me wrong. 
Uh, Virginia hosts Old Dominion. I've got no comment. Uh, NC State hosts Ball State. Also have no comment. Clemson hosts Charlotte at 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. That's fun. A good game to uh, alternate from the big one at 8 o'clock at 7.30. Number 12, Texas hosts Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had a little bit of trouble putting away Tulsa last week. And we got to see if Texas is back, y'all. This is a big game for them. Oklahoma State kind of upper middle class in the Big 12. A win that Texas desperately needs to kind of keep on keeping the ball forward. Um, That brings us to the big one. I'll actually be there as a uh, Georgia grad school alumnus. Number seven, Notre Dame goes to Sanford Stadium to play the Dogs. Um, I mean, I think Georgia's going to win. They're favored by two touchdowns, but it's going to be raucous. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely worth tuning in until... Notre Dame gets worn down uh, trying to figure out how to stop the five-headed beast of Georgia's running backs. Uh, Beyond that, you've got Nebraska at Illinois if you're into the Big Ten West for any reason. Uh, Late night, Colorado at Arizona State. That sounds awful. Uh, UCLA at Washington State. That sounds like a Washington State blowout. And if you're still up at midnight and you're on Facebook, go to the Hawaii Athletics Facebook page and you can watch Central Arkansas play Hawaii. As I said in the pre-show, guys, we appreciate all of the listening and subscribing y'all have done. And if you are not one of those people, please go ahead, subscribe on whatever app you are listening to this podcast on right now. Leave us a five-star review. I apologize for the technical difficulties, but uh, we still have five-star guests, just not five-star hosting on my side. Until next time, keep it locked. Go Heels. Beat that.